welcome to Inverticast. It's me, hello. and it is Leah. Yeah, Leah. hello. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> and, uh, and we've we've got someone like down below us, um, who I believe is going to be with us now, as much as possible. So, Simon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. How are you doing? Not too bad. No. Good. <laughs> So, uh, how how's everyone doing? What have we all been up to? What's uh, Leah? Have you been up to anything um, apart from um, researching for today? Yeah, absolutely. I actually re I stretched my ears to a little uh, larger size, so they're like okay. zero gauge now. Um, okay. uh, that was kind of a painful stretch, but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> the juice worth the squeeze. Anything in the invert world? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I just rehoused uh, Postalotheria regalis, so I made a video of that. I'll be posting that probably this week. Um, and then I've got a few babies I need to rehouse too. So yeah, that, uh, Simon, for you, that's that's spiders. Uh, the Postalotheria yeah, yeah, regalis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how have you been doing, Simon? Have you been up to much? Well, well, we we know you've been up to a lot, like videos every day for the last three weeks, and. Uh, yeah, it's um, a bit of everything. We've been uh, doing a lot on the room. We're doing a lot more shelving, putting on the room. I've got a lot more nymphs coming in. I've got a shipment of uh, jumping spiders. Um, so, yeah, doing quite a lot. And more importantly this week, as it happens, before I even knew what the subject was, we uh, rehoused our beetles. Ah. So, yeah. How fun. Which, which, which beetles? Which beetles have you been rehousing? Uh, well, some beetles mostly, Pachnoda marginata, and mm -hmm. uh, these guys, which I actually love these guys, I don't even think you can see that. Um, this is Zophobus Morio, which is the superworm beetle, the darkling beetle. Oh, yeah. But I absolutely love these guys, the big ones, uh, they're, they're really cool. Mm -hmm. Nip actually, they have, a, they, have a, they have a bit of a nip at you, but they really are cool. And uh, we've, we've got absolutely loads of them in a bioactive tank with uh, oh, we've got them with the marginatas, we've got them with uh, mint beetles, uh, some oh, weevils. Wow. So I've got a fair few beetles in there, which is uh, quite nice. And I've got some more coming this week, uh, so that's good. I'm trying to get uh, some rainbow dung beetles and maybe like a Hercules beetle because they're they're just fascinating. The Hercules beetles are really good. I'm, I'm actually looking for one of those for a, a, a photo shoot. So oh. uh, yeah, I think that If you've seen the, the photographs that I, I was, was going to say, is that the photo shoot for the super secret project that we're not allowed to talk about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, he. <laughs> To see if I could get Hercules beetles, so I, I have been looking for for them, but finding adults was is proving very difficult. I can find the grubs, but not the adults. Uh, yeah, oh uh, yeah, it's sad. I was having a little bit of a look today, uh, just seeing who's out there, who who's selling um, in the UK, and uh, beetles seem to be very few and far between at the moment. Interesting. Um, did did I ask them on Richard's inverts? He he does them. Um, but he, he always seems to be out of stock. He's more often than not, he's out of stock than he is in stock. Mm. So sorry for not looking at the camera. I'm no, oh, you're fine. <laughs> That's all right. This is this is something for people to listen to. They're they're just unfortunate enough to have our faces as well. So uh, don't worry right. about it. That's so, just watching this beetle. You see, it's having a wander up my arm now. But if if I, I don't want to drop it or hurt it or anything, so I'm just keeping an eye on it. Really, <laughs> be okay for however long we're here. Um, See, yeah, so the guy with the photographs, what if, what if these beetles, uh, the Hercules beetles, uh, uh, have the scientific name for them. And uh, I've been trying to get hold of some, but as I say, I can only get the uh, the groups and not the adults. That there is a place called Bugs UK uh, that sometimes has them, but again, they haven't got them now. So it's, it is quite difficult to get uh, decent looking beetles in this country. Well, I think that's really surprising, um, especially because beetles are actually the largest order of any animal 
any organism in the entire world. There are 390,000 known species of beetles throughout the world, worldwide. So, yeah, and, and if you check out uh, Simon's video, um, oh, yeah. and also <laughs> I was I was watching some other stuff as well. He he does actually cover that. Oh, what was it? Uh, so a quarter of the at like the populate animals on this planet would uh -huh. be beetles. Yep, one in one in four of every living thing is a beetle. Like how, how does how does every footstep not just crunch under your feet then? Uh, that's like <laughs> like they're they're everywhere. And, everywhere. And, and, I, and I was um I was reading as well today that they think that there's another like two million at least that are still to be um scientifically um, identified and yeah like all this and more appearing every week. All the time. Yeah, they're always and uh, they're always discovering new species of beetles, um, and yeah, that that estimate. I read about that estimate as well. That there's like two million species that still have yet to be discovered, and they're trying to discover them before, like, um, you know, deforestation and loss of habitat actually wipe them out. So it's pretty pretty fascinating. Yeah, it is very much. I mean, a lot of them are found in the uh, Amazon. Mm-hmm. They're being found mm -hmm. there, and, and, and same with mantis. Though they are, they are finding new mantis in in the Amazon that we've never seen before, but they're finding a hell of a lot more beetles, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it's just sad yeah. to think that they're going to bulldoze out of that just for you know, yeah sake of it, and uh, we're going to lose these guys because if they're, if they're only finding them in the Amazon and we haven't found them before, that means that's the only place they live. Yeah, so they're, they're, like they're they're not down in Suffolk, are they? You know, they're they're they're, they're in a, a very select space, and and I think that's the thing with a lot of the inverts that that we keep um, is that it's they are in specific pockets. So if you look at like the rubber ducky isopods, they're very they're in very specific spaces, aren't they? And um, you also get it with uh, some forms of gecko. Um, mm -hmm. Madagascar. Yeah. Full of geckos. <laughs> the blue gecko you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I believe crested geckos, um, crested geckos and leeches are from Madagascar. And a few others, I'm sure. And chameleons, tons of chameleons. I can name well. in Madagascar, but I can't name the, I can't name the reptiles, sorry. <laughs> the reptiles in Madagascar, but you know, uh, yeah. some of the bugs. The, 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 I know the blue one there, I was talking about that today. I can't remember his bloody name now, but they're critically endangered and they're only from uh, uh, Tanzania, is it? Oh, it's another one. It's, it's uh, endemic to Tanzania, it's a, a blue gecko. Oh, wow. Oh, I've seen something about that. Yeah. I, 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 I would have to do some digging online to um, to find it, but I've definitely seen something about that. Oh, where, where they're in a very local lo local locality, aren't they? Yeah, I've got if Dylan's in the chat, maybe he can pop the name in for us. If he is, he might be. DJC, uh, I can't see the chat's all the way over there, so I can't see it. <laughs> yeah, he's called DJC or something like that, and he's no, uh, he, he he's not in the chat yet, but. Uh, oh, but, we, but we have got Bugs Corner UK yes. saying that they would really like a Hercules beetle. Hello, and, Jason. Yeah. And uh, I, I suppose that sort of can take us on to a bit of a topic, really. So I was doing a little bit of research of what would be an easy beginner species to kind of to kind of uh, look after. And I, and I think actually quite a lot of them, as long as you get it set up right, it's quite easy. Mm -hmm. uh, they're all pretty much the same um, the easiest species to keep is uh, Pachnodum adenata which is the sun beetle yeah they're not oh. only the easiest but they're actually the cheapest and, and that's the ones you, you just had out wasn't it yeah no no yeah. that was that was uh, that was a darkling beetle from the darkling sun yeah oh okay the sun, the sun beetle is uh, is extremely pretty um I'll get, I'll get that for you in a minute actually um, yeah, you were speaking about them, weren't you? Like, they have like a really nice goldish color with circles on yeah. them. 
yeah. yeah they've got a beautiful beetle right i've just bought some more oh, this okay. week they're coming next week which is which is great um but th those are about the the best i know in america you have problems getting hold of those don't you yeah i think i think they are quite hard to get hold of in the u.s um those ones yeah probably i'm uh, i'm not sure because i haven't really looked but i know that hercules beetles uh occur naturally here um <clears throat> they're from they're from here like i i'm a member of a facebook group called all bugs go to kevin and <laughs> it's basically a bug identification group do, um do you have to give him all your bugs though <laughs> yes they're you know there's they're sacrificial bugs we pay homage to kevin no um <laughs> but uh a few posts actually actually pretty recently in the past few weeks or so were about hercules beetles somebody found you know this huge beetle in their house and they were like what is this and a lot of us were that's a cool hercules beetle you know <laughs> so oh, it's it kind all, of exciting all, all bugs go to kevin all bugs oh. go to kevin yes oh yes. i'm joining that group yeah it's a wonderful group it's fantastic you'll see lots of spiders and um, a lot of people in the u.s will find some kind of brownish looking spiders and they look like recluses but most of the time they're not they're like wolf spiders or grass weavers you know things like that and every now and then you'll see an actual brown recluse and it's just really funny everybody always thinks everything is a brown recluse here so <laughs> so from, from what i was looking at though if we go back to like beetles because you like you have hercules beetles like i, yeah. I think motorcyclists get knocked off their bike constantly by them and, mm -hmm. no i'm sorry i'm joking leah um <laughs> but uh, so do i'm you sure have it's a possibility um unfortunately no they don't live here naturally um i think our altitude and the the weather here is just too cold during the winter um Although they can, you know, hibernate and and the, and the like. Oh, that's beautiful. That is really cool, Simon. But um, green sun in there, yeah. Yeah, check that out. But yeah, they occur mostly in like the southeast regions of the U.S. So like Florida, the Carolinas, parts of Georgia and Alabama. Um, it made made mainly in those areas. So mm -hmm. they're very cool. Yeah, so, they are. They're, 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 they're an they can get to an impressive size as well, can't they? Oh, yeah, they get very massive. Yeah, they get, uh, I believe they can be about two and a half inches, which is, what, about six centimeters? No, not I meters. No, centimeters. Meters? I was gonna, okay, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to come across a six meter. Um, right, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> it'll eat your face. Not. Yeah, it'll, eat, it'll poke you in the eye. But the um, cool thing about beetles is they come in all sizes, like they come in all sizes and shapes. And I think the smallest beetle in the world is only about one millimeter and it's a feather wing beetle. Um, and that's Simon, a Simon has a thought there. Yeah, yeah I know what she means. I thought I knew the name of it, the scientific name. I can't remember it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let me I see. I have, class, but it's come out the window. Well, well there's so many so many species of them but featherwing beetles are in the tilidae tilidae um family or sub subfamily of beetles um and they're like the majority of them are a one millimeter or less in length so they're really tiny nice. um oh, yeah yeah, yeah. and their 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 name comes from their uh wings their wings are actually really unique because they look like do you guys get dandelions where you are they're like weeds um but their wings look like when the dandelion turns all white and the little seed pods they kind of float off and they have the you know the little fluffy feet uh seed pod well their wings look just like that so um they think that their wings are only used for like floating around not really flying just kind of Following gracefully, if you will. <laughs> so, but they're pretty fascinating. Let me see where. Yeah, passive flotation, just like the seeds of a dandelion. So they're they're yeah. distributed. There's quite there's quite a few that do that, though, isn't there? Quite a few different kinds of insects that do that. Yeah, spiders do it as well, don't they? Yeah, there's some spiders yeah. that transport themselves with the wind, like. Just yeah, the it. golden 
golden orb weavers that uh actually this year like overtook pretty much the entire east coast and everybody was finding golden orb weavers everywhere the they make those little zigzag webs yeah. um and so yeah a whole bunch of them just appeared on the east coast and we knew they were coming and stuff but people were freaking out and, of course <laughs> yeah and it's it's like it's amazing though if you actually see them taking off because they cast a web uh like a lineup mm -hmm. don't they like flying a kite uh-huh off, off yeah. they go Pretty amazing. We were, we were sitting in the garden last year when it was sunny, and it was, it was just spiders arriving from everywhere. They've just been blown around because ours, ours do it as well. Wow. Some of our, some of our spiders. It, How cool. Amazing. I mean, you've got actually, if you, if you look, a lot of people don't realize like how many of something they've got because they just say it's spider. But if you look mm -hmm. at what how many species you've actually got in your country in your case in your state which is pretty much the same thing mm -hmm. <laughs> size wise you know you just be amazed it's like it's like when isopods it's like we've got 38 species of isopods that are recorded and there's something not sure about mm -hmm. and that, that's horrendous when you think about how, how small we are so it's the same in everything and the beetles and the spiders so many uh, there's 660 um, species of spider in the UK. I oh, wow. I knew it was a lot, but I didn't know there was 660, yeah. That's, That's how, how does that make you feel? Sorry? How does that make you feel, Simon? <laughs> I, know you're not, I know you're not a big fan, but you're getting better, aren't you, with your spiders? Well, I, I, it makes me feel fine because I'm okay with true spiders. It's tarantulas I don't like. Oh, okay. Yeah. So true spiders <laughs> fine. Uh, tarantulas, no thanks. Simple as that, you know. It's the fuzziness, yeah. isn't it? It's the fuzzy legs. It is. I don't. I can't stand. It's they give me the creeps. I don't. It's just one of the things that you look at, and I, they just make you feel uncomfortable. Is it size? Holding any other book, you know. It's just tarantulas. Nah, don't, I don't want to go near them. They're horrible. So horrible. to to sort of to go back on what we were saying about. Um, how if we were to get all the animals together, a quarter of it would be beetles. Beetles, and I'm, yeah. And I'm using animals in a very general term, you know, just um, living. Of course. Uh, in the UK, there are over 4,000 species of beetle, which is quite mind-boggling. When you, I, I never really thought about it in that kind of sense. I can name about four. <laughs> yeah, it's still so many. I mean, that's what that's what I was trying to say about there's so many uh individuals and individual species, not individuals, like I've got in the air all night. Yeah. But individual right. species in, in small areas that you mm -hmm. just can't believe it because you grow up thinking, oh, it's a beetle. When you yeah. see something scamper across the floor, it's just a beetle. It's just a beetle, yeah. yeah but you don't actually you know don't... which beetle it is, or realize yeah. that you've seen ten beetles that day, and they're all different. Yeah, right. When, when you get close and inspect it, yeah, it's <laughs> something else. But when I was a kid, and you lifted up a brick or something, you saw like a load of isopods, and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's just wood lice there." Chuck the brick. Yeah. But now, oh, yeah. I'm picking them up, and I'm going, "Oh, that's an Iscus That's a scaber. That's a labus." And, you know, once you know, it's, it's a different world. So it's just absolutely once you know a little bit, you don't have yeah. to know everything. Just a little bit is enough to pique an interest every mm -hmm. time you pick up a log or a brick or whatever. It's great. So same with beetles. Uh, most I, definitely. I yeah. Fascinating. I, mean, I agree, Simon. Absolutely. Like, you, it, it, that. And that's kind of how it started for me with tarantulas. I just learned about one, and then that was it. I was like, okay, I got to learn about all of them. Um, and now I'm starting to feel the same way about beetles. And I was like that with isopods as well. You know, it just the more you learn about them, the more you start to get that fascination. Um, beetle, beetles, the beetle world is just, it's unending. Like, there's so many species of beetle that... And they all do different things. Like some of them are are composters. Some of them are pollinators. Um, and then they have. There's also predatory beetles. Like uh, oh, we wow. know them. 
Yeah, we know them here. Yeah, yeah. We know them here, you know, as ladybugs, but ladybugs are actually predatory. They eat um, small, other small insects, like aphids, yep, Um, moth larvae. Let's see, I've got all this. (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're they're used quite a lot in the agricultural industry as well. So yeah, for keeping down aphids and doing this, uh, there's people out there who breed ladybugs. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, all that and uh, yeah, they they they're not gentle with it either. Like I think growing no. up as a child, you get taught like the songs about ladybug, ladybug go away home, and all this kind of stuff, and everything, mm-hmm. all all kids stuff like ladybug ladybug wellies, and actually. They're masochists. They just go around like... They're little sadists. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> even, even Ladybug Blabber is, is so violent. And so just from, just from as soon as it hatches from an egg, it's out looking. They're a bit like mantis. They're just like out looking for something to kill and eat. Yes. The second yep. they're I mean, there's, there's also other books. I mean, oh assassin books. You're not mentioning assassin books and they're, they're beetles at the end of the day. Are they beetles? Are they, they're not. They I are actually beetles. looked it up. They are beetles. I... They're, they're, they're in the order. So they are, they are a ah. but they are penitra, which means it's a true bug. So they have the right. for sucking rather than mandibles. Oh, well, then I do right. have beetles because I have assassin bugs. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Species <laughs> of assassin bug. I absolutely love them. Oh, they're amazing. They're so cool to watch because they're 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 so social, and it's yeah. kind of funny because when one assassin bug gets like a cricket or it gets its prey, the others get kind of lazy, don't want to find their own. They try to steal that one, so it's pretty fun to watch yeah. them do that. I, I think I think they're awesome, mate. Yeah, just just another thing. All beetles do this as well. They're all they all got glue on their feet. Every single mm-hmm. one I've ever picked up have got glue on the feet. You can't get rid of them once they're on there. I, think <laughs> I, mean, so, I, I was actually watching some videos, Simon, about handling beetles and things. And some people are saying using gloves and some people mm-hmm. are saying not to. And, and I think it's more um, a case of preference, isn't it? So mm-hmm. if you if you want to get them off easily, like there was a... I don't know if you've come across Beatles TV. I've only just came across him today. Uh, lovely, Ooh. lovely lad. Um, and he has some things and he was talking about, you know, having it just so it's easy to move them. So they're not obviously clinging on to you um, and you're trying to get them off. They are, um, they are extremely clingy. I've been really, really clingy. Look. Wow. And that's still wow. there. It just doesn't care. I mean, they really are sticky. And if the, the biggest fear of when you're taking them off is whether you're gonna hurt them or break the task. So it's like it's better it's better to sort of let them uh. walk on to something else. You know, just encourage them by nudging them at the, the, the abdomen and get well, I, I, something else to put them away. I but, definitely wouldn't want to handle the assassin bugs because they do have quite a sting. It, like if no. they <laughs> they have venom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not they're not one you want to handle. Um, but uh, you know, we got DJC in the comments, sort of like you know, poking the cage. <laughs> yes. Oh, <Hello>, Dylan. <laughs> make, make, make sure you handle them. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so don't wait until he does. But yeah, it's uh, I I I've had a nip off an assassin book, and it's uh, it's not pleasant. No, it's not pleasant at all. No. Uh uh-uh. Okay. Yeah, I think I would much rather handle a Hercules beetle or, you know, even a scarab. They're they're not quite as, I don't think they're as scary and I don't think they really bite. So I think that would be a much better handle <laughs> than, than the assassin beetle or the assassin bugs for sure. Right. I, there's one thing I noticed that people say, oh, I don't keep beetles, but anybody who buys crickets keeps beetles. Uh-huh. Because or even superworms. The like darkling the, beetles with the crickets and they're flesh-eating beetles that are mm-hmm. the crickets, and that, that's that's to eat the dead crickets so the crickets don't eat them. So you do yeah. keep beetles if you buy crickets. Yeah. Oh wow! See, I didn't know yeah. that. I don't need to do it in America, but we do it here with little flesh-eating beetles. That's amazing. Well, we have little what, what do we call them? Banded crickets, and I don't know if those are 
they're probably the same. Yeah. Yeah, the yellow house cricket. Uh huh. Yeah. So, we have. So, so sometimes what what we'll definitely we definitely get it in the UK is you'll get the larvae um, yeah. in, in the cricket boxes. The little fuzzy things. I've forgotten the name of them. Anyway, oh wow! I uh, they got a, they got a funny little name, and everyone like you can you'll see um, people coming new into the hobby. They're like, I've got crickets and they're infested with these things, and it's actually it's part of the breeding project. Like um, it's <laughs> it keeps that waste down, as Simon says. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. so I, the, the crickets, the crickets will eat the dead crickets. And if there's any parasites in the dead crickets, it passes on to the live crickets and then on to your animal. Wow. So the idea is for the flesh-eating beetles to actually the larva to eat those dead crickets to keep your other crickets pure. And that's the idea behind it. That's pretty amazing. Also, it stops them stinky. Yeah. yeah. Is that why they're so smelly? Yeah. they are so, I hate the smell. Yeah. It's dead bodies you smell, basically. Uh amazing crickets aren't aren't the nicest feeders to, to no. sort of have no certainly not i love super worms for the fact that they don't smell and they eat something that's super cheap they eat um you can keep them in the uh like dried oats you know just regular oats yeah. um and they eat that and that's they can live in it and they eat it and they're perfect i just had this conversation on instagram with shady about she keeps her superworms in oats and she's yeah. infested with grain mites. Oh um, no. I just advised her never to put your superworms in oats or anything else. Put them what in substrate and give them, you know, give them something proper to eat, like a bit of fruit or something. And you okay. Don't get, you don't get the grain mites because she's she's probably not watching this because she's too busy. Oh. She is. Beetle larva. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> that made me jump. It flew. It flew off my finger. Oh wow! And it, when it buzzed its wings, it buzzed it on my hand there. <laughs> it, <made> it, <laughs> <laughs> it scared me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's so funny though. Like you mentioned that how um, ladybugs are so vicious because when we're when I was a kid, like they were kind of my favorite little bug. And that's that's the one that we would have. And we thought they were very lucky when they would land on us. Um, and like, we also used to say that the number of spots that they have, the little black spots on their shell, is like the number of wishes that you can wish for when you blow them away, you know, and they fly off. And um, there's actually quite a bit of folklore around ladybugs and, and other uh, interesting beetles. Um, Nat, you were mentioning the scarabs earlier. Oh, I was just sort of discussing. Like we were chatting in the um, before the stream, just around um, how beetles. Beetles are cool, but actually, they have yeah. such an impact on different cultures. And I think yes. the most uh, the most known one is the is the scarab. Um, mm. So you know, uh, from ancient Egypt and. You know the the scarabs were signs of like good fortune and um fertility immortality so that's why you would see quite a lot of them uh depicted within uh tombs um mm -hmm. the pharaohs and and in the jewelry and stuff i believe and, they and... even found they found scarabs the like gold encrusted scarabs in i believe it was ramses king well, ramses actual tomb the, the the Egyptians were brilliant at taxidermy. You know, mm -hmm. think about the mummies; they've been they were preserved really well, weren't they? So, Amazingly, like, yeah. They they the Egyptians, you know, dry, arid place where they're able to mm -hmm. um, do all of that. But also, you know, if we think about it as well, it is like they the the beetles' life cycle is mm -hmm. sort of showing like that um birth and back then as well so it'd be birth of the the, the, the grub um, from the egg um mm -hmm. then they would assume that it dies going into the cocoon and then rebirth again so mm -hmm. it's actually a really interesting if you delve into like the cultural things and um i hold on there simon i'll pop that up on the big screen for you oh yeah that's oh, wow. a scarab 
my mother got that's from Egypt itself that's from yeah the uh that's beautiful tombs yeah so that's the scarab, it... the scarab. that's a, a real one wow is it petrified I have no idea when when uh when you mentioned it Liliana went in and come back with it so I don't know anything about it I just remember yeah. that that's one I love that another brought back so yeah that's that's from a a tomb I guess there you go, and, and it, if anyone remembers one of the best films ever made which is the mummy just yeah. out there it yeah. is one of the best films ever made i agree and, uh, and, and the film. beatles get in there and start going like he's prying them out of uh, out mm -hmm. of the go underneath their skin <laughs> have, you, have, you seen, have you seen the actual uh the mummified scarabs no. um i do believe that i've seen a couple of them actually in a at the museum here in denver we have a egyptian ah. wing that's just permanent, and so they do have a couple of scarabs that are uh, on display there. And it's pretty fast. It's pretty cool. Mummified ones, and they're in little coffins. Yep. Yep. Same with mantis. They did mantis as well. They did <gasps> mantis scarabs. So there's there's like little mummy mummified ones. There's wow. More, more survival of the beetle than it does of the mantis, but they only they could get the mantis impression because the 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 arms, the raptors still existed in there and the the pronotum there the shield at the back of the head was wow i am just that, googling it now it looks amazing the little coffins check, and everything there. It up, it it's incredible yeah <laughs> they are really really pretty is that he's talking rubbish i'm going to google it <laughs> no no i want i wanted to see it because I, I i remember yeah. I, I remember seeing it back in the day in an old school trip um, <laughs> going to the egyptian thing and i was like yes and um yeah they they put them in like if anyone gets some time anyone that's listening have a little mm -hmm. look they made little coffins little sarcophagi for yeah. uh the beetles to put them in yeah um, well i think that's really interesting too because i believe scarabs are part of the composting um uh, like that's what they do is they're composters so they they break down you know like leaf litter and dead dead things or dead organic things um they eat basically like the waste that's left behind and that's part of what makes them so useful um if you will like agriculturally they they help to keep away uh infestations of of pest insects um that would that would harm your grain or your you know your pro your product that you're trying to grow your uh agriculture and so it's really fascinating how beetles, like they have such a really large uh, part in in composting. Well, I've actually got a big picture on my screen at the moment of a dung beetle, and uh, oh, yeah. refer, referring back to Simon's video. So, if anyone's watching, go check it out. I think it was uh, ten facts about beetles on uh, the Mantis Garden. And Very cool. One of, one of them was a, uh, there was a brilliant little clip of uh, some stag beet. Uh, some dung beetles uh, going around clearing it all up but i didn't know that they buried it so that's something i learned today um so if we think about that waste collection and everything going on the and for people that have listened to this podcast before and and, and new people you sort of start to find out that actually this little um micro universe of beetles and insects and inverts how much mm -hmm. they actually put back into the the full ecosystem mm -hmm. i think is um is actually really interesting to sort of see and what was it simon was it the stag beetles are technically the strongest animal on the planet as in uh no the strongest the strongest uh pound for pound would be the dung beetle oh sorry the dung, dung beetle. beetle sorry yeah, yeah the dung beetle although the stag um, beetle is a type of dung beetle is it? I believe, I believe so. Well, the stag, stag beetles actually actually sap from uh, which tree is it? There's one of the trees. There's one tree they actually like, but they, they eat the sap off the tree. Um, ah, oh. so it, it, so when we think about like the dietary things of, of them, that that's why we give a lot of like these fruit pots and the sugary uh, yeah. um, mm -hmm. things to beetles. 
Yeah, they've, yeah. they've loved that sort of stuff. I mean, but there's quite a lot of people see nectar. I mean, there's, there's, there's one beetle that is responsible for pollinating all the uh, lily pads, whatever they call. I can't remember what they call because I don't do plants. Uh, oh, let me look. Let me look. Yeah, lily pads you see in, in the Amazon and that. that. There's one beetle at night. They close up and catch the beetles, and the beetles run around all night get covered in pollen and they let them yeah. go in the morning and they go to the next one because they're done but and yeah. it is just that probably just that one beetle that does that it, yeah it's that one beetle yeah yeah that mm -hmm. i have no idea what name it is because i wasn't expecting what you know that. what i didn't yeah. i don't even have that in my notes and i'm so sorry <laughs> well you should be sorry leah because you I, should know everything i failed i failed at research i failed <laughs> what are you on about i watched I, a couple of youtube videos I bet you've got the ironclad beetle in there, though, haven't you? Uh, yeah, on, maybe. The ironclad, the iron... Oh, the ironclad that's... beetle. That, that sounded amazing. They are <laughs> fantastic. I'd love one. Um, just, just... This has blown my mind with the, the fact... Uh, I think it works out it was something like uh, three buses they could carry, you know, if it was human, they could, mm -hmm. they could carry the equivalent of like three buses on the back and it wouldn't move wow. any arm. You know, it wouldn't squash them. It'd be like well, us going with a backpack, sort of. I did a lot of Is research it... on those, but uh, I forgot most of it. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. Well, happy to know that I watched your video today, Simon, and uh, I have all of this information fresh in my head. But I, I, I think what you were saying um, as well, or, or part of what you touched on, is how that they are observing those ironclad beetle, beetles and thinking about how they can transfer their exoskeleton sort of makeup, how it's put yeah. together around uh, crafting airplanes and other things that would have to uh, put up with a lot of stress, so like looking at that exoskeleton and the yeah, way that the, it's the, the kiting on, on that beetle rather than going like, like you've got a ground beetle, the kiting on goes in one direction, the polymer, yeah. whereas mm. in, in the ironclad, it sort of weaves like a you know, like a, a lattice pattern, like a lattice yeah. work, which oh, makes wow. it more strong, and then it covers that over and over and over and becomes really strong. I mean, you could do it yourself if you get organza because I didn't believe them, so I did it. You get organza mesh and you keep piling it on top of each other in different directions. It becomes rigid. Eventually, it becomes rigid. And that's, yeah. I suppose, the same idea. You know, if you get lattice work, anything and, and do it. The old uh, flat jackets, uh, bulletproof mm -hmm. jackets, shall we say, they used to be made out of glass and rubber. Mm -hmm. and, oh, that, how's that work? And it's simply because the glass was calendared into the rubber and then put on the opposite direction on top of it. And it's exactly the same way that the, the chitin shell works on the ironclad beetle. I can't remember the, you should know this if you've watched it, but it's got a really cool name, the ironclad beetle. Oh, don't. It's got a really, you said you watched it, so it's got a really cool, uh, scientific uh, I, I, I was enthralled by the amazing information that I must have missed the name. <laughs> it's called something like the, the diabolic, I don't know, sort of like that diabolic This one, sorry. Uh, Diabolicala, something like that. Diabolicala. Oh, Diabolicala. 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 That's yeah. it. Uh, yeah, it's got a really cool name. I'm not sure I remember about it. Yeah. Diabolicala. <laughs> Fantastic people. It's Glad you guys worked that out. <laughs> and, and it looks like a tank. So it looks yeah. like someone has welded just loads and loads and loads of bits of metal to it. Yeah. It, it, it is a it is an impressive, impressive looking thing. For old people, it looks like the A team have made it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But most most of it. Well, it does look a bit like a bit of a moving rock, really, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If I remember rightly, I might be wrong for this. But if I remember rightly, that is related to the blue death caning beetle. Oh, uh, yes, they are. In Colorado, mm -hmm. or 
uh, Arizona or a, a California desert. They have them all over the place, don't they? In Nevada, etc. Mm -hmm. There's loads of them. You can just pick them up. But they are yep, they're all over. I think, but it's been a while, and there's a lot of people, so I might, I might have got that wrong. But so I don't hold me to it. But I think they are. And the blue death penny beetle is quite a popular beetle here. It is. For, Same here. Yeah. Yeah. They're quite expensive. They're Sorry, go on. I'm waffling. No, they're just they're super cute. I want some so badly and I don't I don't have any, but um I think they're pretty amazing. And uh, they're very good at cohabiting as well, Leah. Yes. So um you can you can have um so like maybe a, an Arizona based scorpion as well in with it and, and mm -hmm. yeah, you can definitely have like a little little setup. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I do believe that the the there are little black ones that look just like the blue death fanning beetles. Mm. Uh, yeah, they are they're cousins. They're they are related. Absolutely. I thought so. I thought so. And ground beetles are really cool because um they're actually really important for uh the biological control of insect pests for agricultural farms and and such so a lot of farmers do like harvest them and keep them around just to to keep those pest insects away um and gardeners and stuff especially if they don't want to use pesticides which is actually really really bad on the environment because like you know you're not just killing those pest insects but you're also going to be killing the beneficial ones that are doing that same job <laughs> so but yeah they they also eat weeds the like dandelions, those those weeds and those invasive plants that are destructive to weeds um, in air quotes. Weeds, by the way. Right, because we don't. Eh, they do serve some sort of purpose. We're just we still haven't researched entirely about weeds and what they do. But um, the ground beetles actually help to control that population as well. So they they when their larvae burrow underground, and so as they're in that stage they eat the seed pods that are dropped from weeds and then they keep them from from basically growing and investing the whole the whole farm yes yeah, so as well yep yep so it's it, pretty amazing which is which because it down can, can when we're on the subject of beetles can i blame you for something sure okay the colorado <laughs> beetle I okay. can talk about agriculture. The Colorado beetle is like a like a, a devil amongst them. That's that's one of the ones they don't like, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, we do. We have a couple of invasive beetle species right now that are just wreaking havoc all over the state. Um, and actually, right now, one of one of those is the Japanese tree beetle, which obviously they don't really belong here, and um, they're invasive, and they're actually just they're wreaking havoc up on the in the evergreens in the mountains and it's just it's been kind of disastrous so anytime we get a wildfire there's plenty plenty of food for the fire to just devour um but again fire kind of works in nature as well it, it helps to deposit those phosphates and you know the ashes from the trees that are burned actually deposit into the soil and then the forest grows back even thicker and bigger so yeah. who knows the use just go like that it's it's natural yeah uh-huh yeah we, we found out this week which i think is really good cool, in, in the news this week uh over here we had uh prickly leaf beetles have just appeared in the uk for the first time oh which, wow and that happened this week which is cool so they're worth having a look at them five millimeters which is which is oh that's pretty small that's about quarter of an inch right but they're really cute little prickly awful little spines and stuff but it's, it, oh. I, I always get excited when something new like that just like appears here but it also proves climate change is is moving things yes because you know, over the last 10 years i'd say i've i've seen a lot of uh inverts come to the uk that we've never seen before uh, and yeah. a lot of, i've been beetles uh mint beetles is one of them uh and that's that we see them every year now and, and wow loads of them i mean never used to see them oh yeah yeah i do agree that climate change is definitely bringing a lot of different species of insect to places that you normally wouldn't find them 
um, you know, it's it's definitely having a very interesting effect on on the ecosystems. So it's a bit weird for us because we've just been a, a, a small island. Because, like, let's not forget it, we are a tiny island, really, in, in mm-hmm. the scheme of things. And to change so much and get so many different things in, it's got to go over a sea to get to us. And yet, it's we're still managing to 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 see this coming in. Only last year they found mantis in in the south of England. We've never had mantis in the, in this country at all ever. Uh, and last year we was finding the European mantis uh, in uh, in gardens down south, which obviously to me is very exciting. Um, but not enough for me to move down south. I'm afraid. No, no, yeah. no. You might get a nosebleed, Simon. I definitely would get a nosebleed. I can't pick cider anyway. But yeah, no. but but also it's sort of like it it sort of begs the question because you you think so some of these creatures they're they're not going to be flying over um no. over that vast distance and they've probably mm. been coming to this country for years but like you said simon i agree with like the um yeah um i agree with the whole like climate change and, and things mm-hmm. like that so they would have come over and then the winter and they would have died uh, but now we're getting more uh, warmer winters and, and things like that. they're definitely becoming more um, absolutely it, it uh, definitely coming over on the plants and, and, and the, the food and stuff like that mm-hmm. the, it, that's not the point of them coming over it's the fascination of the fact that they're staying staying yeah they never used to be able to survive when i was a kid winter was bloody cold and it was this deep in snow i haven't mm. seen that since the 80s 1980s yeah i was gonna say i have i haven't seen it yeah wow. right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, I didn't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. No, it's it's the same in Colorado. Like we're seeing we're seeing species here that normally don't thrive here because it is so cold in the winter and we do get so much snow. But these recent years, I mean, our we haven't had a lot of snow, and you know, one thing that I that struck me as very strange is is um in may or like early june of like 2019 i believe the snow caps on the mountaintops were just they were already melted and the the mountaintops were bare and i'm going this is that's not normal because usually they're white capped all year round you know like maybe they're not so white capped in like late july august but that one year they were they were gone by by mid-june it freaked me out. <laughs> it so. is, and it is proof. Everybody sees it, but you mm-hmm. I don't believe it. You've got the people who go, no, it's a little rubbish. No, it's not. And, you know, for, it's for not all, rubbish. Yeah. No, it's, it's... Who, who actually like we're involved in nature on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. For us, we can see the change, we can document the change, we know what's living longer and all the rest yeah. of the stuff. It's it's just fascinating. It really is. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. okay. dead when it happens, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I really do. I really do care. That's one of my, one of the things that is is close to my heart is yeah the the changes and what's going to happen and how dry some places are going to get, you know, and how wet others are going to get. I mean, we're mm-hmm. temporary now, but what's to say in a hundred years we're going to be going more towards the the Mediterranean sort of weather here. Mm-hmm. I I, I think, you know, it's sort of like on that kind of topic. Last year, it was really hot in the UK. It was really hot this time of year. At this current moment in time, there's a thunderstorm happening outside and the wind's coming and the wind and rain is coming in sideways. And it shouldn't Mm. be at this time of year. So I I just, yeah. That's very odd. It is very odd. Um, But hey, we're in England, so we're used to the rain. (laughs) I never, right. put my, I never put my raincoat away. Like, ah, <laughs> it's, it's the UK. So, well, I, I from up north, I didn't know you could take your coat off till I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got it eventually. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agreed, though. I mean, even here in, in Colorado, like, we usually have, you know, winter coats for, for the winter, but, but these past few winters and stuff, it hasn't really been that cold. I mean, 
30s felt more like in the 50s and so we'd go i'd have a hoodie basically just a hoodie like all year round and was fine no no you know uh frostbite no none of that so it's just it's pretty odd i know ontario canada was hitting what was it 105 degrees which is insane for for that region of the world like that's it's unheard of so it definitely is taking a toll on on you know insects and and the creatures in the world for sure you know so but it it, it really is and i suppose leah that's like something that's really good about this hobby is that we can do our best can't we as invert keepers to try and preserve preserve these these uh insects uh that are uh, they are going extinct at a rapid rate really aren't they Mm -hmm. yeah it's about sort of keeping them alive um keeping them preserved whichever whichever way you you sort of deem deem well but when we think about temperatures as well it's something i learned today was uh the sun beetles simon yeah uh, excuse my layman name i haven't done my research on them Pashnoda uh, say that again sorry Pashnoda marginata so the Pashnoda Nardramata, i'd researched i was close uh, <laughs> so so um i was doing a little bit of um research on them today just just like a little bit and people a lot of people are saying about keeping them to help them thrive is having heat mats do you keep yours in a warm i suppose your room's heated isn't it so but 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 if if for instance people didn't have an amazing mantis room uh or a bug room Mm -hmm. would would you be recommending a, a little heat mat maybe on the side well, for Leah, I'm going to say, as long as it doesn't drop below 65, this seems to be fine. Yeah. Um, room temperature is fine for them. Absolutely fine. Yeah. They just live longer, basically. Now, I, so. I think that's one of the big things as well, isn't it? When we yeah. start introducing heat and things like that, it, it, it speeds up metabolisms, yeah. uh, growth cycles, and, and so mm-hmm. the next these guys stick insects, everything. You know, mm. some, uh, just like to totally jump topic, but it's on the same topic. And um, because we were talking about, uh, you were not talking about the Beatles giving you like a little bit of a nip um, mm. every now and again. Something I have seen, and I saw it from um, Bill's Incredible Inverts. Mm. So the Beatles are generally, they're, you know, it's a little nip and stuff, but the grubs, they've got some. Um, Jaws on them, haven't they? Mandibles on them yeah. to uh, yeah. to really clamp on. They they can give you a nasty the bigger the bigger grubs like the 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 stags and the OHT Rugby's build. They can really grab on you and give you a really nasty like wow yeah really painful well, pinch. I uh, suppose but, they I suppose they need it to go through all the detritus and wood and everything well, they're going through. Yeah, th- these guys eat wood. They can burrow into wood so your fingers nothing you know it's just wow it's so soft compared to wood like it's yeah so easy yeah which is pretty amazing we're very lucky that like like the mantis and everything when they bite you they'll they'll start to have a chew and then go i don't eat this yeah and leave it alone i mean Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was expecting someone else to say something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm shocked now. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh no, I, I, I thought you were about to say something. So, like, yeah, they, they will go. Oh yeah, um, we're not going to eat <laughs> this, doing this. But whereas a grub, they'll just, they, they, they've got to put on that weight. And uh, and if we think about like their their life cycle, they're in the dark and they're just chomp. They're constantly eating, aren't they? Like chomping away and, mm-hmm. and um, doing that. They like the dark moist places full of fungus and mold and uh leaf litter and stuff so yeah i i get Sounds that like that the makes... corner pub <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. the best thing to do is when you've got beetles i mean you know, as you said you're just going to go into this it's like like that beetle drop so i'll get these you know the, the four ounce pots yeah the jelly pots 
Uh-huh. Uh, I just fill that up with, with substrate, which will have uh, leaf litter in it, it'll have broken soft wood in it, and then pop the top on and wait for the beetles to come out. That's that's it. Wow. Mm. Wow. Just let in the substrate, basically. I think it depends which which beetle you have as well, because some of them you need to put in like the big. Oh, um, oh yeah, I, I, I've seen like yeah. the Hercules beetles when people are keeping the grubs, they'll have them in um, like yeah. jam jam jar kind of yeah. sure. or, or bigger containers. Oh, like the sweet jars behind you, uh, Simon. I've seen people keeping yeah. them in the in the sweet jars. I suppose you cook, yeah. I think that's a bit overkill, though. But you know. yeah, but I think something like a, you know, like the uh, fruit fly pots. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good for that because you want something to stop any mites going in or anything nasty going in there. Yeah. Probably, mm. Because once they cocoon, have you seen them when they cocoon? You seen a beetle cocoon? Yeah. Uh-huh. They just produce it themselves because it's like it's it's really solid. And they'll break out of it. But, but once they're in that cocoon, they're a bit a bit of a stage where they can get munched on. So mm-hmm. they like to keep them away from everything. Get that right. get out of the dog. So I, I don't fancy putting it in there, to be honest with you. Wow. Uh, just a bit, bit too big. Yeah, it's, it's like a waste of space. I mean, I've got to think about that, obviously, because I'm, I'm selling stuff. So I've got to think about how much space something takes up. If you know what I mean, I've got yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure the minimum that's acceptable for the 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 book basically is what I would go for. Mm-hmm. If if you're going to keep them anyway, you don't want a great big tub like you know with one beetle in it, one grub in it. So no, 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 no. no that makes good. total sense because then you know you're just allowing for more space for them to be susceptible to those predatory yeah. mites or you know the fruit flies, all that stuff. That makes sense. Thank you, Simon. Not only that, you've got like let's let's say you're putting your, your let's say you've got a couple of grubs in one of these, uh-huh. but they don't come out for six months. You've got to put yeah. this grub somewhere for six months, right? You know, it, it doesn't make any sense, does it? You're not tripping over mm-hmm. all these all over the place if you've got ten of them. So you know. It's, it's easier just to go a little fruit fly pot like that, put a stack of them in a corner somewhere. And you find yeah. six months later, go check them. You'll see the beetle. Go, go, go see if there's a beetle there or not. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and some, some of them can take years, can't they, in the yeah. stage? Yeah. Wow. Um, so I suppose we're coming to the end of the podcast about beetles and many other different topics. <laughs> it was good. We did good. Yeah, no, it was. I, I, I really, it. I really enjoyed it. It was a nice Absolutely. sort of. It was a nice chat about all the different sorts of aspects and things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, really enjoyed that. So, yeah, guys, uh, thanks for listening, watching. Uh, Leah, do you, have you got a shameless plug uh, or anything yeah. you want to? I, I had one, and it was really good. Uh, well, shucks. Um, Simon and I had the interview, so there's that one. Uh, so check yeah. that one out. And then over on Mantis Garden. On yes, YouTube. on Mantis Garden. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then of course, Tarantulia. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. I'm pretty much all over the place. And this week I'll be doing a postlitheria regalis. Uh, and talking about that species and and showing you how I rehoused mine. So there you go. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no, definitely looking forward to that one. Thank you. Simon, have you got a shameless plug or anything (laughs) you want to... Where can people find you? Other than your house. My channel. That's it. (laughs) I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Reddit, the other ones. (laughs) Everywhere, (laughs) everywhere, just the Mantis Garden. I'm everywhere, so, you know, wherever. Uh, Not really that full smite. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, no I, I know i know you're not a fan you're, you're, you're not even a fan of half the stuff that you mentioned you're on so it is i'm, I'm oh, yeah, not on here as well on here as well this yeah. podcast yeah, yeah. so make so, sure you like to subscribe to this podcast because we're on every week at 7 p.m and it yeah. will always be about beatles 
no, yeah, not always about Beatles. And, yeah, no, uh, we talk about everything. Yeah, and everything, and I and I think that's what's really nice about it. And mm -hmm. I'm Nat, so I'm from Somerset Spiders. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, uh, skulking around on Facebook, but not really doing much on there. Um, and as Simon says, like subscribe to the podcast. It's really nice having a bit of a yeah. chat and, and just sort of getting to know each other and, and exploring the wonderful world of inverts. So thanks for watching, guys. Thank thanks you all. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>